Welcome back to part two of our conversation with designated drinker Doug Filippani, mm. the owner and viticulturalist of Ancient Peaks Winery. Um, so if you've missed part one, you need to go ahead, belly back up to that bar and give that a listen first. We promise we'll save you maybe just a little bit of wine and a seat right here for you. So, Doug, in part one of this episode, um, we kind of got a little bit about you, about how you went from alfalfa to grapes and where um, the winery is, um, your approach to wine, and we got to taste some Sauvignon Blanc and Cabernet Sauvignon. Now, what I'd really love for you to do, because we kind of skirted around it, I'd love to find out a little more about the soil and the ranch. And like, again, you touched on the temperatures and how, the, how that plays such a large role in wine profiles. I'd love for our listeners to learn a little bit more and what that really means. Sure. So the, the soils in Santa Margarita are very unique. And I think this was recognized by Robert Mondavi and Michael and Tim when they came down in the late 90s and wanted to try to buy this ranch that we own today. And we were able to be the successful buyer. And so we actually leased a fair amount of acreage to the Mandavis. And they actually planted the ranch to begin with. Uh, so they recognize these five distinct soil types. We have Monterey Shale. We have an ancient seabed, which is called the Santa Margarita Formation, which is rich huh. with oyster f uh, fossils that are 93% calcium. So believing in calcium-rich soils, that's an asset. We also have volcanic soils on the west, and we have granitic soils on the east. All of this within about a two-and-a-half to three-mile area. So we're able to plant Cabernet Sauvignon on three totally different soil types. The same with our Merlot is planted on two or three different soil types. And we'll do different barrel trials off of those vineyards. It's Cabernet, but it tastes different. It still tastes like Cabernet, but it has unique characteristics, allowing Stuart and Mike, our winemakers, to make these beautiful blends by taking these different flavor characteristics and combining them to make a, a Cabernet that's that's just spectacular. So those soil types combined with our cool climate give us a very unique area to grow grapes in. And that's what was recognized back many years back. And in 2005, we, we created a committee to designate sub-AVAs within the 600,000 plus acre Passerobles AVA. And in that, we were able to carve off Santa Margarita Ranch at the southern end of the AVA as a nested AVA within Paso Robles. So if you'll notice, you look on that bottle of Cabernet, you'll see Paso Robles at the bottom and Santa Margarita Ranch underneath it. Mm -hmm. That's because those are the two AVAs that the grapes and the wine are sourced from. On the back of the bottle, you'll see those five distinct soil types and whatever's lit up in either silver or, or brass is the soil that the grapes inside the bottle were growing on. So it's a, it's oh, kind of a, yeah, gives a, gives a consumer a little insider knowledge on our, our abilities and what we're doing in Santa Margarita. That's cool. So that's a, a kind of a thumbnail on the critical portions. It's really, we're 14 miles from the Pacific Ocean, which allows us those unique 
uh, microclimates because of the of the winds bringing that cool air in in the afternoons, and then the following morning it's cooled off sometimes as much as 50, 55 degrees difference. Wow. Swing in temperature. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Wow. Huh. I love that. Oh, I'm, I know you do. <laughs> I love that. I love going out in the morning and uh, it's like really cold. It's my favorite. And then it gets super hot. Yes. We have a saying, if you leave the house without a jacket in the summertime when it's 100, you're liable to get a little chilly when it gets down to 55. I mean, obviously, right? I mean, oh my gosh, it just sounds like paradise to me. Wake up, do that all day. I have a question though. Do you have anything that you say you have to grow as a companion to your grapes to make your grapes taste like your grapes? Do you believe in companion growing? Like with like, I don't know, um, peaches or I don't know. You know, we're, we're in a kind of a unique climate in this, on the Central Coast in Paso Robles. There are only a few things that you can actually grow because of the extremes that we do hit. We do get quite cold. Right. And we do get quite warm, you know. So we have the extremes. The best part about our climate is that you can have them both in the same day. <laughs> in some places, it gets hot. It stays hot all night, and it's hot. In the morning when you wake up, we have that big diurnal swing that makes us so unique. But we don't have that companion of, uh, if we do, it's, it's really in between our rows. So we have these cover crops in between our rows for all our beneficial insects to live in. When there are no leaves on the vines, they go down. They live in those uh, cover crops in the center of the rows. Oh, interesting. And then as the foliage starts to grow on the vines those little critters the good ones we like the good ones they go up and they combat all the bad bugs so we've got a kind of a natural uh war going on between the uh the good bugs and the bad bugs here so that if there is a companion it's that those cover crops that grow in the center that's cool you go to some places like in Italy and stuff like Chianti and everything, everyone's like very obsessed with their peaches, especially like in like Brunello or something like that. They'll always be like, you should try my peaches. And you're always like, okay. And then like they grow it with it. And like, like some of like, like Livia's Sassette vineyards, which I love, they grow tons and tons of fruit. Oh, interesting. And next to their, next to their grapes. And I don't know why. And I've asked everybody, why do you do that? And like, we like it. I'm like, okay. I guess that's an answer. Maybe that's the answer. You know, I, now that I think of it, we do have a companion, but they're black Angus cattle because <laughs> they're grazing, they're grazing the balance of the ranch to keep the fire danger down. So uh, if you if you think about it now, well, that Cabernet with a good steak, we we uh, we we do have a companion. They're they're mother cows called Angus cows. <laughs> so I don't know. I, if I were a cow, I wonder if I'd be offended. You know, like you're. Growing these grapes so you can eat me <laughs> with your delicious wine. <laughs> no, it, you, you said that you use them first, like to like you know keep all the grass down, right? Yeah, they're basically grass managers. That's their job. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of amazing. That is. You know what else is amazing? I know. I'm gonna try it. Let's try this uh, Zinfandel. So tell us a little bit about the Zin. So the Zinfandel, uh, when the Mandavis originally planted the ranch, they put had two clones of Zinfandel. The Deaver clone, which is purported to be the oldest clone in California, and uh, Dry Creek uh, Vineyard from Tedeschi's that, um, from them. 
And while once we took the vineyards over in 2005, uh, we were selling fruit um, to various other wineries prior to us creating Ancient Peaks. And one of those uh, was Rosenblum Cellars. And, and Kent Rosenblum uh, came down, loved the ranch. He was, uh, he was of course, a, a big Zen uh, producer in the day. And he asked me if we would graft some rock pile vines onto our vines uh, because he loved that clone. And I said, well, of course, we'll, we'll do it. But it's got to come from the original rock pile vineyard. And he said, I can make that happen. So he, he found us the cuttings to make this, this grafting. My wife and I took our horse trailer up there. and We figured we'll make a weekend out of it and loaded all these cuttings and then brought them back. We grafted them on and they did such a beautiful, they made such beautiful wine there in Margarita that we started putting it in our Zinfandel, and it's it's a big component of the Zinfandel you're tasting today. Those three clones. Interesting. And those three clones are growing on three different soil types. What do you think? This is delicious. This is for me. Like what she doesn't like. I like the jammy, yummy wine. Like I could just drink this. I could knock this back. You know, it I, I, it's, it definitely is more fruit forward than than the cab, but it's not so fruit forward that it's not a, a it's unapproachable for someone like me. I still think this is really well done. I don't. Uh, I, it is nice though. It's it's get, it's bigger. She's like, hello, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't noticed me, I'm coming right back at you. So I mean, yeah, it's kind of like you in a glass, Gina. <laughs> I want like roasted pumpkin with this. Does that sound stupid? I want like roasted pumpkin and cinnamon and all of that. I want to drink this next to it. Maybe like some baked like cheese, like yummy. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I love Zinfandel though. This is like, it's like right in my wheelhouse. I love Zinfandel. And I want to make it very clear to our listeners. I did not say white Zinfandel. <laughs> okay. I do not like white Zinfandel. <laughs> I like Zinfandel. Yes. Yes. There's quite a difference. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because no, later on we'll get like, oh, you yes. drink white Zinfandel? You should have us on your show. No, I don't drink white Zinfandel. Thank you so much. So, uh, Doug, do you have um, a favorite child? Oh, goodness. You know, it just depends on the mood and the time of day. Um, you know, you will catch me uh, with a glass of Merlot in the afternoon because our Merlot is really approachable and, and soft and voluptuous, it's, and it's got great fruit. Uh, but... The Cabernet Sauvignon, Cab is King, you know, in the evening, it's going to be the Oyster Ridge or the Cabernet that you're drinking right there or one of our Pearl Cabernet. But for the most part, there's a time and a place for every wine. And it's hard. It's like yeah. very similar to having children. Some people can say, yes, I have a favorite, but that's hard. <laughs> but it's same with wines. It's hard to pick a favorite. But uh, I love our Merlot as well. I love how you described it. It's kind of, it, it's like a lady. She's voluptuous. She's approachable. She's what you want at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be honest. I don't know how anybody wants to be around me after a couple of glasses of wine. I get like so annoying. I'm like, I'm either like over the top like this with you or I'm just like, I love you. I love you. or I'm just like on a tangent about how the world is just bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, a, a glass of wine makes it better. 
Yeah, right? Absolutely. It absolutely does. And um, I almost feel bad that I want to make a cocktail with it. I know. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I I say this to everybody. Like, you know, people are like, I don't like spirits. You know, they don't drink, like, hard spirits. And I was like, use the wine. But I think it's really interesting when you introduce a wine cocktail that, I mean, you honor the spirit. Obviously, your recipe is like you're not bastardizing it to the point. I mean, I think it's a really great way to approach wine in a different way and maybe even introduce it to somebody new. That's what I mean. I'm like saying, like, don't drink the spirits. Like, do, like, the hard spirits. You go with the the lighter ones, and it's like... And then you can drink more of that. You can. Right? You don't yes. have to just drink one margarita when you can have two of the next cocktails. Exactly. So. All right. Ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Are you going to bring Doug? Yep. I'm going to bring you with us, Doug. And I'll take that wine. That sounds exciting. <laughs> it's very exciting. Don't oh, hate us for doing this to your Zinfandel. It's going to be beautiful, though. I'm not worried a bit. I'm sure that it's going to be just as as pretty as it was in the glass when she's finished. I don't do much to it. Okay, so one thing I love about wine and um, just like, you know, drinking it in the summer and stuff like that is like, you know, making it into something a little bit more uh, refreshing. You know, I love adding ice and, you know, sangrias and stuff like that. But when you have something lovely, we're gonna use a, a Zinfandel today from Ancient Peaks, which we're gonna use five ounces of Zinfandel, and we're gonna make this into a frozen drink. Now, everybody's all about the frosé. You're like, frosé, frosé, frosé. I agree with you, frosé is lovely. You just dump the bottle in, some ice. It is what it is. Well, where my family's from in Italy, you know, peaches and wine is something that we do all the time. Either we take the peaches and dump it in the wine with a little bit of sugar and leave it and let it ferment and then pour it over ice. But we're going to pay a little homage to where I'm from and and to you, Doug, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to take our peaches. And this is one thing I want to talk about is spoiled peaches. Like, you know, it's like mushy. It's gross. It's like whatever. No, it's perfect. It's perfect to do this with. You know, don't throw them away because you don't want to take a big bite out of it. Use these peaches because what it did is it did all the hard work for you. It's so soft that you can literally just kind of squeeze it into um, your blender and you don't have to make it all pretty and everything. You want to just do it over the blender and just taking your hands and get messy, get a little bit messy, make sure your hands are clean. It is your drink. You're not making this at a restaurant. So, you know, it's for you. Um, you're going to take one whole peach. I've got a medium-sized peach. Make sure the pit's not in there. You do not want that. <laughs> um, I know I have to say it because people are like, oh, I ate the peach, dude. Oh, well, that's arsenic. So it's probably not a good idea. Although it's in a little, it's in a very mild form, it's still something that you want to have. Okay, so we're gonna take that and then, you know, you have other fruit, use it. You want to try something different? Like I have these um, white uh, strawberries, which are actually called pine berries, and they have like a little bit of a pineapple flavor. So we're gonna throw in two of these um, overripe pine berries. Show me one. Here's a pine berry. It's just a white strawberry. It tastes like pineapple. Um, and you don't need, when your fruit is nice and um, ripe like this, you really do not add any sugar, right? So we're gonna, now we're gonna add five ounces of the Zinfandel, because this is still a glass of wine. And then we're gonna add our ice. Now, here's what's tricky. When you're adding five ounces, you still doesn't matter, your math still has to be the same. You're gonna add one cup of ice cubes, because what you wanna do is make a smoothie and not make it so stiff that it doesn't um, it's not drinkable, right? Um, and like that's one problem that happens sometimes when you're making 
frozen drinks. And if you want to, you could add a lime or a lemon, but this one is so zip, that zip vanilla is so bright that I don't know if it really needs it, but I'm gonna add a little bit of lime zest instead of the actual juice, because I don't think it needs the juice, it just needs a little like hit of um, skin. So we're just gonna put on just a little bit, so like basically like maybe like one eighth of a teaspoon or a pinch of lime zest over the top. And I don't know if you can't smell this because they haven't done that with podcast shows, podcast <laughs> yet when you have smell-o-vision um, or, or smell-a-hearing, smell-a-hearing. Um, but it's it smells so lovely and it just like really adds to the experience of the wine. So I'm going to just step off and um, blend this. And, and make sure your top is on your blender. And after a few glasses of wine, you might forget that fact. So if you're making this, you've had a few glasses of wine, you definitely want to make sure the top is on your blender. Turn this on. Wise words. It's very right. All right, so what you're looking for is this like smooth mixture. It's still thick enough that you could stand a spoon up in it, but it's not thick enough you can't pour it. I hate when you uh, cannot pour the drink. It's like basically, you know, frozen ice. All right, so we're just gonna pour this into our wine glass and um, Here's a little pro tip. You take a spoon and you can help you along without making a huge mess. As I say that, I'm gonna make a huge mess because that's what we do. Good thing we have a towel. And I'll make a second one. So I'll make a giant one for you, Louise. <laughs> and then I'll make a smaller one for the photo. And then we're just gonna put a little, um, we're not doing that. We're not putting a pine berry on, in the middle. I was putting a pine berry in the middle because it's being lazy. Instead, we're going to split it, put it on the side, and make it pretty, and give it a little bit of fluff. Perfect. Okay. And oh, that's it. it. Looks... And Doug, this is your inspired frozen Zimbadel and peach pine berry Looks smoothie. Looks beautiful. Really. I can't wait to try this, Gina. One, it's just Mostly so pretty. It's almost like it. you don't want to drink it because it's so pretty. Wow. Looks great. And it's not, it's not too sweet. It's just fruity. I can, I can smell it from here. <laughs> Do you ever sell, like, in your tasting rooms, like, frozen drinks? No, but this could be a good place to start. <laughs> you might have inspired me to get something going there. Keep a blender around and some fruit. It's kind of fun. I mean, I always think it's a little bit different. You know, something that um, after a lot of wine tasting, I feel like a little refresher might not be such a bad idea. Um, I know, I wish that this, this is a point in the podcast where it's like it's nice to be um, next to each other and not uh, thousands of miles between us. But, you know, what can you do? But cheers to you. Well, we'll have to make that happen one day. Yes. You'll have to come out and visit. One way or the other, you know, we do we do go to California. So, <laughs> you know, we that, that can be possible. I have lots of friends that live out there. Oh, Gina, I'm so happy about this cocktail. Thank you. There is nothing wrong with putting that, making that... Zinfandel into it's a frozen cocktail. No, and it's not sweet. Like I, it's I, not sweet. I don't need all that sugar. You know what I mean? I'm looking for like flavor and like actually taste the wine and just like a little hint of like extra summery fruit. Well, I'm going to assume that because the the peach was over ripened, it's sweet. That yeah. adds just enough sugar to make this drink like open it up a little. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you don't have to add any sugar because your your fruit is over ripe. So good. I love it. I love the idea that we, like, I literally throw out to the deer almost all of my, 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 I am 
notorious for throwing it over the back fence. So, because I like the deer to come to my house too, but still, uh, this might be better. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, now I have to decide whether or not I want to drink it or if I want to give it to the deer. What? I know, right? <laughs> Uh, so um, where are they going to go to get this, uh, all these tips, tricks, and how-tos? Uh, we're going to go to Designated Drinker Dot Show, and you'll get my tips how to make the drinks. And if you miss anything, you can slow it down, listen to it, and pause, <laughs> grab ingredients, whatever you need to do. But again, you're going to get the information you need at Designated Drinker Dot Show. And, on, and, then, and we're going to do the link. Yep. How to get Ancient Peaks yep. delivered so, to your doorstep. Yep. So on the on the yes. website, there'll be a direct link to um, how to buy this, and you can order it. You can join the club, do all those things. Make sure you're not missing a single drop of this amazing wine. I like and doorstep it, delivery. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like okay. that. I don't ever want to leave that. If you're going to bring it to me, great. <laughs> Trying to figure out how to do a restaurant at home that's not by DoorDash or something like that. <laughs> well, you have to have more children so they're just their minions and run the food everywhere. <laughs> oh, Christ. Nope. That means you're going to need a whole lot more wine. Yes. <laughs> something. I have to be mainlining it with like a gir- like a, like a pole. It's just directly into my vein. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, Doug, we have one last question for you. Sure. So... In, you know, this day and age, everybody has a spirit animal that, like, they identify with. And maybe um, your spirit animal, because you keep Angus cows, is, uh, is your spirit animal because they're so regal and large and, you know, in charge of uh, their area. Um, if you can give me one spirit ingredient that describes you for either a cocktail or a food, what would it be and why? A spirit... Spirit ingredient. A spirit ingredient that describes you. Hmm. That is a great question. As an, as an ingredient in a cocktail, or as an ingredient is an animal, or is it... Or food. Food? Or food, either one. Anything. First thing that pops to your mind. Hmm. I would say maybe a little bit of lemon, because I can be a little bit... <laughs> I can be, you know... It, on the riper side, uh, it can be sweet, or sometimes it can be a little, just a little tart, which you need in life sometimes. <laughs> yeah, Gina that. says I'm a little tart all the time. I don't know what oh. she means by that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would never guess that. I would never have guessed. Well, it was great spending the time with you both. I appreciate you having us on the show, and and uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for all the beautiful wines and your time. I hope you enjoy them. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to you all. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit 
missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.